Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody to another episode. This is a special episode of the Animals to the Max podcast. I am your host, Corbin Maxey. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Okay, this is a special edition show because ladies and gentlemen, I officially survived the Grand Canyon. Hold on, let me rephrase that. I officially made it back from the Grand Canyon. It was such an amazing trip. And I wanted to record a podcast about my experience at the Grand Canyon, what I would do, maybe stuff I would do differently. I wanted to create a podcast with some tips, some tricks, what to do, maybe what not to do. And I thought this would be kind of fun. So this is definitely going to be a special edition episode. And I'll tell you what, if you are planning a trip to the Grand Canyon, or if it is on maybe your bucket list, I highly, highly, highly recommend taking a listen to the show. So here we go. I'm just going to sit back. I'm in my office. I'm Right next to me is my dog, Zoe. I am sipping on a LaCroix, a passion fruit LaCroix. Gosh, that does not sound masculine at all. Hold on, I'm sipping on a beer. That's right, I'm sipping on a beer, guys. And I'm just kidding. I don't care. I'm going to own up to it. I love the Passion Fruit LaCroix. So I'm going to just kind of go over our trip and then give you guys some awesome tips on what to do. I'm going to just be completely honest with you right now. I had never been to the Grand Canyon and I know I'm just going to wait for the shock of disbelief. I feel like so many people have been there. As a matter of fact, it's actually the number two most visited park in the United States. Can you believe that? So nearly 6 million people a year visit the Grand Canyon. So if you're wondering, okay, Grand Canyon's number two, what's number one? Da, da, da. Think about it. What is number one? I bet a lot of you are probably thinking, oh, I bet it's Yellowstone. Or maybe it's Yosemite. Hmm. Maybe it's the Redwoods. Er, er, er. None of those answers are right. You guys are going to be shocked. The number one most visited national park in the United States is actually the Great Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. Isn't that crazy? Over 12 and a half million people a year visit the Smoky Mountains. So I literally twice as many visit the Smoky Mountains over the Grand Canyon. Anyway, this podcast is about the Grand Canyon, not the Smoky Mountains, but I thought that was kind of a fun fact. So I had never been to the Grand Canyon. It was kind of on a bucket list for my wife and I, and we literally had a week open right after Christmas. I'm recording this in January. So we had a week open in January and we thought, you know what? We should just get in the car and go. We should plan on just going to the Grand Canyon and we've always wanted to do it and let's just go. And so we started doing some research on where to go because I don't know if any of you know this, but the Grand Canyon is massive. I mean, it's you guys, the Grand Canyon is huge. It is 277 miles long. It's 18 miles wide and the park itself is 1,904 square miles in total. So it's actually bigger than the state of Rhode Island, okay? So this is a massive park. So the first thing you need to figure out is where you want to go. Okay, hopefully this doesn't make me sound really ignorant, but okay, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I thought the Grand Canyon was just, I mean, obviously I knew the Grand Canyon was big, but I thought 
in my mind that there was just one viewpoint, one massive vantage point that everyone went to. And that's that classic photo that you see in, you know, pictures and, you know, on Facebook or that, you know, that scene from all the Western movies, like that one classic overlook where you just see the Grand Canyon, it's wide expanse. Like I thought that that was just like, you know, just one point, right? Well, the Grand Canyon is huge and there's different points where you can actually visit. So it's super important to figure out what you want to see. And it's kind of broken up into three different sections. You have the South Rim, the North Rim, and the West Rim. So let's just kind of go over this really quick. The South Rim is where you see all of those photos, all those videos, that classic Grand Canyon photo is where the South Rim is. And that is actually the most visited part of the Grand Canyon. So this is an action I'm actually taking, I'm looking over my notes here because I want to give you guys the actual details. Like how far away is the South Rim? What city do I fly into? So the South Rim is around five hours from Las Vegas or Phoenix. So you could fly into Las Vegas, you could fly into Phoenix, Arizona to get there maybe a little bit quicker, but it's around four to five hours away. The South Rim, once again, is where all the visitors come. It is where people go and, you know, you see the iconic photo of them standing, um, you know, basically with the Grand Canyon behind them. It's super, super busy, okay? The North Rim is actually the least visited part of the park. So the North Rim season is relatively short. It is open only from mid-May through mid-October. This is basically due to the heavy snowfall during the winter months. And the North Rim, it's less accessible from major cities. So it is around six hours from Vegas, eight hours from Phoenix, and seven hours from Salt Lake City. Although I have to tell you, this is where the majority of people go who want to not be with crowds. A lot of photographers go here. A lot of people who just want to get away and want to have that serenity, that beautiful moment of looking out into the canyon without hearing a visitor cough or eat their caramel corn. The North Rim is where you want to go. The third place that people go to, and actually the second most visited area of the Grand Canyon, is the West Rim. And that is actually only 130 miles from Las Vegas, so around two and a half hours. The West Rim is super famous for that glass horseshoe where you can walk out onto the canyon or over the canyon basically it's basically it's this glass horseshoe skywalk and you have glass underneath you and you walk literally over the canyon with only glass between you and i don't know like a few thousand feet like that's just terrifying so a lot of people choose to do the west rim and also it is closer to las vegas Okay, hopefully you guys aren't confused. Let me just do a recap. The South Rim, that's where you see all the famous views. That's where the majority of people go. The North Rim is more isolated, only accessible mid-May through October. And the West Rim is the one closest to Vegas. That's where you get to walk out into the skywalk. We decided to do the South Rim. And the reason why is, I mean, process of elimination. The North Rim just isn't open in January when we went. And we were limited on time. And I would rather go to the South Rim rather than the West Rim. Some of you listening might be wondering, well, why can't you do the North and the South Rim and the West Rim all in one day? I mean, can't we just do that? I mean, you only said the Grand Canyon is only 277 miles long. Well, it is actually, it's it's pretty hard to actually get to the South and North Rim. So as a crow flies, the Grand Canyon Village on the South Rim 
and the lodge on the north rim, they're only about 10 miles apart, which doesn't sound bad, right? 10 miles, right? However, to drive through them, you have to like cross over the Colorado River and loop around the canyon. You have to drive 215 miles or about five hours. So that kind of gives you an example of how far away things are. And that's what just honestly blew my mind because the Grand Canyon, I literally thought you just go to this national park, you see that massive scenic viewpoint and that's it. Had no idea that there were all these different places you could go. The West Rim is something that I definitely want to do. We looked into it. I believe it's $70 a person to walk out on that glass horseshoe. I know you do have to make reservations for that. But honestly, just due to time, we decided to go to the South Rim. So figure out where you want to go. Either you want to go to the South Rim, see those scenic viewpoints, North Rim, less visitors, or the West Rim, closer to Vegas if you'd like to go and gamble and then only have a two and a half hour drive to the West Rim. So once you figure out where you want to go, you need to figure out when you want to go to the Grand Canyon. It is busy. As I mentioned, nearly 6 million people a year visit the Grand Canyon. So Honestly, what do you want to do? Do you want to be with millions of other hot and sweaty tourists in 100 degrees on a vantage point trying to squeeze in for a selfie? Or would you rather have it more relaxed? Would you rather avoid the crowds? I don't know about you, but I really cannot stand massive crowds like that. And honestly, if I want to go to Disneyland, I'll go to Disneyland. But when I want to see a national park and see just the Grand Canyon for the first time, the last thing that I really wanted to do was to see it with thousands of other people on the same day or at the same viewpoint. So we decided to go off season in January. Now I want to let you know that it was cold. Let me say that one more time. It was cold. It was actually at night. It was nine degrees. And during the day, I think it was in the high forties, but man, I'll tell you what, in the morning before that sun hit, it was freezing. I think I had on like three different layers. We had on heat warmers. So January I would say, I mean, if you're willing to bear the cold and you don't like a lot of crowds, January would be a great time to go. Another, another great time to go, honestly, would be spring and probably in the fall. The months I would avoid for the Grand Canyon would be summer, uh, June, July, August. Not only is it hot, you are going to be surrounded with tons and tons of other people. Okay, so now let's see. So you're going to figure out what, which rim you want to go to. You need to figure out when you want to go. Now, how are you going to get there? There is not, well, I, I should say this. There is an airport. You can fly to the Grand Canyon, but I'm telling you what, you're going to pay a lot of money and only the rich and famous do it. So most people either fly to Las Vegas or Tucson or Phoenix to get to the Grand Canyon. You can go online. You can usually find cheap flights. I know Southwest has a lot of cheap flights. You can also, you know, just go to hotwire.com or even Google Flights will give you great options. My wife and I, we decided to drive. So we're in Marcin, Idaho. And so we are around 14 hours away from the Grand Canyon. Yes, it was a long drive, but honestly... Right now with the just COVID and everything going on and we just thought, you know what, let's just get in the car and go. We will be less restricted. So we decided to drive. I would highly recommend driving. If you are in the vicinity, if you are a day's drive away, I would drive to the Grand Canyon because I'll tell you what, you it just it is amazing 
just the journey to get there. And I'm not just blowing smoke. I mean, we drove through the whole entire state of Nevada from Idaho, from Marcin, Idaho. And that drive on Highway 95 was absolutely incredible. You guys, we saw, we're driving along the route. We actually got up super early, like four o'clock in the morning. And we decided to drive to try to get to Vegas in the late afternoon. And we literally, I, I just drove through the morning and the, I just, just to drive through Nevada, I mean, literally in the middle of nowhere was amazing. You're in the middle of this desert and you feel so isolated and, you know, you drive by these ghost towns. You're only on a two lane highway and, you know, that you see mountain, giant mountain peaks, you see sand everywhere. It was just absolutely incredible. And it's so funny because I've actually taken this drive before. Back in the day when we would do the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, the animals and I, we would drive and take that route. And I remember as a kid, I would think, oh, this is god awful. There's nothing out here. I had no appreciation for how remote it was. And this time around, I absolutely loved it. Along the way, uh, we saw golden eagles eating roadkill. I mean, you guys, these birds were so massive. The biggest birds I've ever seen on the side of the road are these golden eagles. I mean, these guys can have like a seven foot wingspan. It was so impressive. I actually turned around. I, I, I turned our van around and I, I woke up my wife who was sleeping and I said, hey, babe, you have to get up. You have to see these golden eagles. You know, I've worked with golden eagles before. Actually, I my good friend Monty has a rehabilitated golden eagle named Slim, who, side note, actually, who's been in my living room before when we were filming Animal Nights Live, side note. So I've, I've, I've been up close with golden eagles, but to see wild golden eagles eating carrion on the side of the road was magnificent. I think we counted five in one siding, and... They weren't even nervous around vehicles passing by. It just, oh, it was incredible. And, you know, they're the largest North American raptor. So I'm sorry, I'm just going on this tangent, but I just was like, oh my gosh, like if we would have flown to Vegas or Phoenix, we never would have seen that. So I would highly, highly recommend driving there. You could honestly, and I guess I should tell you, we drove our Ford Transit van. It was amazing. We took out all the seats. We put an air mattress back there. We put, I mean, totes full of various snacks, crackers, a couple different drink coolers. I mean, pillows we packed to the max. Haha, <laughs> pun intended. So we were comfortable. Definitely make sure you're comfortable on that drive. So we decided to split the trip up. And I'd highly recommend doing that as well. If you're driving as far as we did 14 hours, I'd recommend splitting it up before you get to the Grand Canyon. So we decided to stay in Las Vegas for the first night and then wake up in Vegas and head to the Grand Canyon that next day. And I'll tell you what, Vegas was awesome. You guys, Vegas was awesome. We had Las Vegas to ourselves. And just a side note, we are huge fans of hotwire.com and I feel like they should be a sponsor of the show, but we found a fantastic hotel right on the strip. I think we paid $23 for the Hotwire Hotel to secure it. And then we paid an additional like 42 bucks for a hotel resort fee, but we did a Hotwire rate where you basically pay, you don't know what you're gonna get, but you kind of have an idea. And we got the Bali's Resort 
and casino right there on the strip. And we got a junior suite, awesome views for a fantastic price for, for what, what was that? 60 something dollars. I think I'm doing, I'm doing my mouth, my math, right. And we just got a great room. So check it out. Vegas was cool because of the pandemic. There wasn't anyone there. And we also arrived on a Sunday when Vegas was kind of starting to slow down. It was interesting. I actually asked one of our taxi cab drivers, I asked him, uh, you know, how they were dealing with the pandemic. And I just kind of was shocked how all these casinos are operating because you literally walk into the casinos and no one is in there. And he said, interestingly, that Vegas is only really open. Those casinos are really only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then a lot of them shut down Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And that's how they've been operating. And if you go during the weekday, they actually will only put you in like one hotel on the strip. It, I found it really fascinating. So we had such a good time in Vegas. We walked the whole strip. I was, uh, oh my God, you guys. So we stayed at Bali's. I saw the Mandalay Bay, which is one of my favorite resorts and casinos because I'm a huge gambler. I love to gamble. You guys, I'm just kidding. I actually don't gamble. I like Mandalay Bay because they have the shark reef, the only predator based aquarium in the world. And I've been there several times. The animals and I have actually done shows at the Mandalay Bay at several pet show conventions and blah, 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 blah. So I've been there before. My wife had never been there. And I thought, you know what? Let's just go and to, the, to Shark Reef and let's walk there from Bali's. Well, you guys, it was like a four mile adventure. It was insane. We were exhausted. We show up to Shark Reef and guess what? Not only are they about to close, we had an hour before close, which I thought, okay, that's still fine. We can still get through Shark Reef. We forgot to get our tickets in advance due to the coronavirus. Wah, wah, wah. So they were sold out, but it was a nice stretch and adventure. Okay. Sorry guys. I kind of went on a little, I know you're here to listen about the Grand Canyon, but just some things to do in Vegas. Highly recommend going there. Even if, uh, you know, I know it's a crazy party town. It has like that crazy hype, but honestly, we had a fantastic time just walking around, going to the casinos and just checking things out. They have some pretty cool stuff. So I'd also suggest going to In-N-Out Burger and Wahlburgers like we did and trying to figure out who has the better hamburger. I'll give you a hint. Wahlburgers has the better hamburger, but you're going to be spending a lot more on it. So in and out is best for the value. The South Rim is around four and a half, five hours from Vegas. So we decided to wake up the next day and do that. If you do go to Vegas and you're kind of planning our route, I would highly recommend stopping at the Hoover Dam and Lake Mead. And I honestly didn't really want to stop here, but my wife is like, come on, we have to go. And I was like, honey, let's get to the Grand Canyon. But she's like, honey, come on, we have to stop by these famous places. So I'd highly recommend it. Lake Mead is the largest reservoir in the United States. It's man-made and it actually supplies water interestingly to Las Vegas and Los Angeles and other neighboring cities. And without Lake Mead, these cities wouldn't even exist, which blows my mind. So I learned a lot there and we saw the Hoover Dam, which has over like a 700 and something foot drop off. It's so impressive, by the way, it will literally take your breath away. But this dam, they basically dammed the Colorado River for electricity and that provides electric to, once again, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and all these surrounding cities. So it was so interesting learning all of this stuff. It also was awesome to get some photos and to create some TikToks and some Reels videos. So I'd highly recommend that. Stop at the Hoover Dam. I think it was like $10 to park our car and you can walk around, get your photo. I have to say this, please don't be an idiot. 
please just don't be an idiot. We saw people putting their kids, like putting their kids, like resting their kids on like top of the railing of the Hoover Dam. And it's just a concrete drop off and it just blows my mind what people will do. So just please be careful. If you have kids, invest in a leash. I never thought I'd be promoting this, but when I have kids one day, if we do have kids, I'm going to get a whole thing of leashes for my kids. If I, it sounds so bad, I'm going to get a leash though, because you guys, these places you go to the Hoover Dam and I'll get onto the Grand Canyon really quick. They have some crazy drop-offs and not all the places that you visit have railing. So make sure you watch your kids and watch your pets. Okay, I would recommend stopping at the Hoover Dam, Lake Mead along the way. We decided to stay out, uh, about an hour outside of the Grand Canyon that day in a little town called Williams, Arizona. If you do not stay in Williams, I would highly, listen to this you guys, highly, highly, highly recommend at least visiting Williams, Arizona. This is uh, basically you drive through Route 66, you guys. I mean, the famous Route 66. Have you guys seen the Cars movie? The Disney Pixar movie Cars? That's exactly what this is like. You drive through Williams and it's like going back into time. Think classic cars, diners, antique shops. This is the American West. And it was, oh, it was just incredible. I We stayed there and we ate at a diner that night and it was the best food I almost had ever had at a diner and it was just like going back into time like I had a hamburger uh, actually it was a cheeseburger some fries and a malt I had never had a malt in my life and I'm like that's interesting let me try it and then I tried the malt and it was like drinking heaven in a glass I was my only regret was my wife and I split this malt and it was like man next time I'm gonna get my own malt sorry babe Definitely stop at Williams. So Williams is about an hour away from the South Rim. We decided to get up super early that next morning and try to hit a sunrise in the Grand Canyon. Okay, let's talk about this. So the sunrise in the Grand Canyon, it is one of the most magnificent sunrises in the world. I think it's rated one of the top 10 in the world. And it's something you have to do when you go to the Grand Canyon. My advice to you is wake up extra, 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 extra early to get there. We were trying to beat feet, trying to hit this sunrise I think it was going to hit at like 7.39 in the morning. And we drove, I mean, I, this sounds bad, but I drove as fast as I could to try to get to the sunrise. It was apparent as we got to the Grand Canyon that we just were not going to make it. It was, first and foremost, we only had like two minutes to spare. And when you enter the Grand Canyon National Park, it is massive. And you're not going to believe this. You literally drive into a forest. That is correct. You drive into a forest. I don't know about you, but when I think of the Grand Canyon, I do not think of vegetation. In my Corbin mind, I thought that you literally, you drive, you're in the middle of the desert, there's sand everywhere, maybe there's some cactus, and you drive to a sign that says a Grand Canyon, you go straight, and there's this big overlook where you see all the RVs parked, and you get your photo in front of the Grand Canyon. That is not what the Grand Canyon is like. It is full of trees. You go into this forest, and for all of my plant people, 
And all my tree people, I, I guess I should say all my botany people, I wanted to let you know some of the species of uh, plants and trees they have here. So some of the tree species they have include the white fir, the Ingleman spruce, the blue spruce, the Douglas fir, corkbok fir, ponderosa pine, Utah junipers, the alligator juniper. I've never heard of that. That sounds kind of cool. The Colorado pinion, the quaking aspen, cottonwoods, oaks, the Arizona walnut. I could go on. You literally drive through trees. It's not what you think. You drive through trees. You get through the, the to the to the main entrance, which, by the way, I had my national parks pass, which I'd highly recommend. I think it's like seventy bucks annually, and you get in to the national parks. And I actually got that back in September when we went to Yellowstone. And so that thing's already paid for itself. So, but if you don't have a national parks pass, it's $35. When you finally drive into Grand Canyon National Park, you are surrounded by trees, but straight ahead, you see through the trees glimpses of the canyon. At the time it was morning. As I said, we were trying to hit that sunrise, which we did not, but we saw just I just little glimpses of the canyon of just the purples and red sky you guys it literally took my breath away we parked the vehicle and walked to the rim trail and just saw the Grand Canyon for the first time pictures videos words cannot describe it people say it takes your breath away and I always thought that was so cheesy like oh I mean okay yeah whatever but it does for the first time in my life, I was speechless. I, I literally, I just <gasps> gasped. It just, to see the Grand Canyon for the first time. And I just thought, oh my goodness, this, I mean, no wonder it's one of the seven wonders of the world. <sighs> yeah, once again, it just, your mouth just drops and you look out into this canyon. My first thought is, have you guys ever seen Land Before Time? that dinosaur cartoon movie. I loved it, but I totally thought of like Land Before Time or Fievel Goes West, that other Steven Spielberg cartoon movie. But I just, it's just the American West at its best. Wow, that rhymed. I did not mean to say that on purpose, but American West at its best. Anyway, it was just incredible. Just seeing the canyon for the first time. Now, once again, I just want to let you guys know we went in January. It was super cold. So we definitely make sure you have layers for sure. Make sure you have, if you're, you know, taking your video camera or you are, you know, have your phone, make sure you have plenty of storage available. You are going to be taking thousands of photos. You're going to be taking tons of videos. Just know that none of them will capture the just immense beauty of this place. Just know that. I mean, just, uh, it's just, you guys have to see it. And if you've seen it in person, you probably totally understand where I'm coming from. It's just uh, such a magnificent place. As I mentioned earlier, in my mind, I thought the Grand Canyon had like one big scenic point that everyone went to. And that's not the case at all. Around the Southern Rim, you have dozens of lookout points. And there are popular ones and they're ones that aren't so popular along the lookout points they have the rim trail which i believe is 17 miles long the rim trail as you can imagine pretty much a paved trail around a portion of the southern rim of the grand canyon i would highly recommend walking the rim trail if you are adventurous and you would like to go inside the canyon 
there are trails that actually go inside the canyon. One of the most popular ones is the Bright Angel Trailhead, and that goes into the canyon, and it has been for hundreds of years. They actually used this trail to take mules down there when they were mining the canyon, and also when people were tourists were kind of going back and forth, they would use this trail. Now, if you are terrified of heights, you will not like the Bright Angel Trailhead. And I should actually note, if you're terrified of heights, even the rim trail could make people feel a little uneasy and queasy at times. There are not a lot of guardrails on, you know, at the Grand Canyon, which I'm kind of happy there aren't because it would take away from the beauty. At the main viewpoints, yes, you have guardrails, but there are a lot of places where it is just you and a trail in a giant, you know, 6,000 foot drop off. So make sure you're careful. Make sure you watch your kids. Make sure you watch your pets. Make sure you wear the right shoes. I really, really, really wanted to do the Bright Angel Trailhead. I'm not really terrified of heights. I feel like I could have done it, but my wife was just terrified, like to the point where if she would have tried to go down, she probably would have been in tears. So we decided to just do the rim trail and it was fantastic. We got great photos, great videos. And I was, you know, really surprised. The rim trail is really accessible. So, and there's, there's parts that are even handicapped accessible. So if you're in a wheelchair, you can still enjoy cruising around the rim trail now let's talk about the scenic drives and you know some of my favorite lookout points i'm taking out my grand canyon map right now we did uh, throughout the day we did the rim trail and then once we hit late afternoon we decided to kind of just drive around and pop in and out of various you know viewpoints and various lookout points so i'm going to be honest with you because I always am. Um, some of the most famous lookout points, I'll give you a great example. Mathers Point is a famous lookout point. Matter of fact, it is like, you guys, it is like the the Disneyland lookout point of the Grand Canyon, Mathers Point. It is where the Grand Canyon Visitor Center is. It's where the giant bus parking is. It literally looks like it looks like the entrance to, actually, you know what it reminded me of? It looked like the entrance to the San Diego Zoo. Oddly enough, we went to the San Diego Zoo last year and I was like, wow, this giant entrance just looks like the San Diego Zoo. Anyway, so it's a giant area. Mathers Point, it's one of the most popular places. I'm not going to lie to you. It was not my favorite lookout point. And the reason why is because it was too crowded. It was too crowded. It was too touristy. I just, I was not a fan. So if I were you and you're looking for a great lookout point, I would drive along the Desert View Drive. It's up to 22 miles, and I'm actually going to turn my map around. Oh, that's way better. And the Desert View Drive has some fantastic watch points that aren't as popular as places like Mathers Point. Some people literally just go to the Grand Canyon. They only have an hour or two, and they just go to Mathers Point. They get their photo, and they leave. But if you decide to drive along the desert view, you're driving along the rim of the canyon and you can stop at these pullouts and get amazing, amazing photos. I would encourage you to stop at each one. That's what we did. Some of my favorite viewpoints would have to be the desert view watchtower, which we saw that at sunset, which let's just talk about something really quick. One thing that you have to do is experience a sunset at the Grand Canyon. It's something you have to do. It is, 
so incredibly magical, it's hard to put into words, just like the Grand Canyon itself. My wife and I were there. I think there were only two other people at the Desert View Watchtower scenic area near the East Entrance Station. And it was just us and those two other people, but those people had left. So it was just us. And we watched the sunset, the pink, red, purple sky. We just watched it. I mean, glowing red and then fading into pink and then finally kind of basically obviously going away dusk over the Grand Canyon. It was amazing. My advice to you and take this is stay after the sunset. A lot of people leave right after the sun goes. Oh, we saw it. Okay, goodbye. But stay, honestly stay and you will enjoy probably some of the best times at the Grand Canyon where it's quiet. The Grand Canyon is so quiet. You guys, I've never experienced this amount of just silence in my life. Like even the birds were asleep after the sunset. It was so beautiful. Hands down, my favorite time was experiencing the sunset at the Desert Watchtower. And then we slowly made our way over to Navajo Point, which is once again, along that Desert View Drive. But it was at one of those points that weren't as popular as like Mathers Point. And it was so enjoyable, so much more enjoyable there with the same great views of the canyon, the Colorado Rivers, you know, cutting in the canyon. And I, yeah, I would just highly recommend doing that. So if you are planning on staying multiple days in the canyon, you have a few options. If you're visiting the Southern Rim, you can stay in the town of Tucson, Arizona, which is literally right outside the park. I mean, there's a Starbucks coffee right outside of the park. It's a great little town. You could do the Holiday Inn. There's a couple different lodges, an IMAX theater. There's a bunch of lodging options. We decided to car camp. That is right. We decided to car camp and stay at one of the designated camping areas inside the Grand Canyon National Park. It was a very cold experience. It was nine degrees at night. Our windows had actually frosted over. We had gotten up that next morning. My wife was like, I'm done with this. I'm I'm, I'm done. Like the car camping, that's great. I'm so happy like we're doing this whole granola car camp thing, but like I'm getting a hotel tomorrow night, which I totally, totally agreed with her, but it was a fun experience. We did the whole car camp thing. I made a fire and you know, we had some of the best views of the stars at night. I mean, the stars were just like glittering over us. It was this, you know, in the pine trees, beautiful starry night campfire, making campfire s'mores. It was absolutely beautiful. I would highly recommend it. If you do go there, just make sure you dress warm or depending on the season, make sure you book in advance. Those campsites are super, super booked during the summer season and they book out months in advance. So make sure they have availability. Also, uh, make sure to pack food if you are going to be camping. Obviously, some of our favorite uh, camp foods, my favorite foods in the world, campfire foods, are campfire pizzas. So I bank them and these, the hobo pie makers, have you guys seen these? You can go to like Camping World or Cabela's, get these hobo pie makers. And it's literally, you take two pieces of bread, you put pizza sauce, cheese, and pepperoni. You put the bread together. It's like a, it's like a pizza sandwich. You put it in the hobo maker and it is the best pizza you've ever had. It's like campfire pizza. It's like a grilled cheese, but pizza. It is phenomenal. I actually ate four of those that night. It wasn't good. I ate way too much, but it was good at the time. So I'd highly recommend campfire pizzas and of course, s'mores. 
All right, so that next morning we woke up and we had to do what everyone tells you to do, and that, of course, is seeing the sunrise over the Grand Canyon, and we went to Mathers Point. That's the Disneyland point where everyone goes, oh boy, um, how do I say this? It was magical seeing the sunrise. Yes, it was, but honestly, there were so many people trying to witness this and it honestly, the people, the, the talkative tourists ruined it for me. There was one lady there, God bless her heart. She was so nice, but she was so talkative. She was asking everyone where they were from. She was getting photos. She was striking up conversations and it was almost like, okay, lady, I mean, I, I love to talk to, I'm a friendly person, but can't we just be quiet and can't we just watch the sunrise over this canyon that's, you know, 6 million plus years old? Can't we just relax? Can't we just have quiet? And that just was not the case. It was loud. Uh, there were kids running around, pets. Gosh, I'm sounding so bitter. By the way, can you hear Zoe, my dog, snoring in the background? Hold on, here she goes again. Here it goes. Oh my gosh. Okay, I, I just put Zoe to sleep. I just realized I put my dog Zoe to sleep and I haven't even talked about the animals we saw in the Grand Canyon. This is an animal podcast and I'm sitting here telling you all the scenic viewpoints and I have yet to mention any animals I saw. I am so sorry. Please, please, please forgive me. There's just so much information. Animals in the Grand Canyon. They have the very, very critically endangered California condor. These massive, massive birds, the world's largest species of vulture, were on the brink of extinction. Uh, many years ago, there were only 23 condors left. They almost, they almost were completely wiped out. These are ancient, ancient birds, and luckily they were saved by some awesome conservation groups. Uh, one of them, which is here based in Boise, the Peregrine Fund. Woohoo! Shout out to them. They do great work. But they have the largest breeding colony of California condors, and they actually release their offspring in the Grand Canyon. So, of course, I was hoping to get a glimpse of the condors. We went to an area along the Rim Trail, actually kind of outside the visitor center, and I asked someone, I said, hey, do you, you know, see California condors here often? And she said they do, but at this time of year, it was too cold for them, which, you know, a little disappointing. So maybe I would go back to the Grand Canyon, of course, just to see the California condors in the wild. That would just be so, so, so impressive. The most numerous uh, animal you're going to see are definitely going to be ravens. They are the loud members, of course, um, you know, ravens and crows. They are part of the Corvid family. A lot of people don't realize this. They're one of the most intelligent birds in the world. They can talk, problem solved. They use tools. It is just incredible. And, you know, a lot of people take these beautiful birds for granted. And yes, I said ravens are beautiful, but they truly are. And they just fly in and out over the wind gusts in the canyon. And they almost, you know, my wife and I were observing them almost playing in the air. The canyon is also home to a lot of reptile species, including the Gila monster. But of course, it is January and those animals are in hibernation. One of the other animals you'll see if you do walk along the rim trail are elk. And it's funny because you're in the desert and, you know, as I mentioned, you are in, you know, forested areas, but it's still a dry desert area. 
And it's crazy when you actually see elk, you're like, wow, there's elk in the Grand Canyon? That doesn't make sense. And there's a reason why it doesn't make sense. It's because these Rocky Mountain elk were never native to the Grand Canyon, which is fascinating. There used to be a desert elk subspecies in Arizona, but it was actually hunted to extinction back in the late 1800s. And so park officials actually brought the Rocky Mountain elk from Yellowstone National Park in 1913, I think through the 1930s, they introduced these Rocky Mountain elk to the Grand Canyon National Park. And now there is an established population of these elk. There's a few problems though. The problem is these Rocky Mountain elk are actually not adapted to this dry climate. So they rely on human sources for water. So you see them commonly in campgrounds. You see them commonly kind of near water fountains, just those areas. And it can be a problem because the elk can be aggressive. The males can be aggressive and the females can be aggressive in the springtime when they have their calves. The Grand Canyon you know, living in the Grand Canyon, the elk don't have too many predators. The top large carnivore in the Grand Canyon are going to be mountain lions, but mountain lions actually prefer the mule deer over elk. Elk are much bigger. So in a sense, the elk almost don't have any natural predators and you can't hunt inside of national parks. So they are having a, I would say a little problem trying to control the elk population there because it is thriving. Make sure, of course, you drive slow throughout the park, especially at night because elk will just pop out. You know, as we're wrapping this up, if you have ever wanted to go to the Grand Canyon or you're kind of on the, if you're on the canyon wall about it, should I go or should I not? I would highly, highly, highly recommend doing this. I know I have a lot of listeners around the world who listen to the show. You guys, you have to put this on your bucket list. It's one of those once in a lifetime places you need to go. Now, my wife and I were talking, would we go back to the Grand Canyon? probably, but not anytime soon. Maybe when we have a family or if we're with friends who've never been, I definitely go back. There's other places I do want to go though. So it is, I'm happy I did it, but there are other places I want to go on the bucket list. Yellowstone, on the other hand, no, I could go to that place every single day because it's something new with wildlife. Grand Canyon, you see it. It's amazing. You can go on and see other places in the world, but definitely, definitely, definitely do it once. Okay, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast about our adventure to the Grand Canyon. I'm, you know, I'm going to honestly apologize. I know it kind of was all over the place. I was kind of like, oh, here's what we did. Here's what we did. Oh, and this is, this is what you should do. I just am just reliving the adventure with you and it's still so fresh in my mind. And that's why I love doing this podcast. I thought, you know, I need to record this soon before this kind of, you know, before it kind of dissolves away because there's so much stuff and I don't want to forget anything. So I'm happy I did this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to check out my YouTube channel because I will be posting some vlogs about the whole experience to accompany this podcast. If you want to get a visual. If you want to see those golden eagles eating carrion on the side of the road, or you want to check out those Grand Canyon elk, or just check out the views, head on over to my Instagram at Corbin Maxi or my TikTok where you can see videos. And you can also see that video of that amazing sunrise in 
the Grand Canyon. With that said, thank you so much for listening to this special edition show. Hope you have a fantastic day, night, whenever you listen to the show. I really appreciate it. If you haven't had a chance, please make sure to review the show. Make sure to give it five stars. Tell your friends, tell your family, or tell anyone who's going to the Grand Canyon. Have them check out this podcast. I feel like we uh, kind of gave them gave you some great tips before you go on your journey. With that said, until next time. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.